Kevin Durant officially out for the Phoenix Suns against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday. On today's episode of Locked on Suns, I'll walk you through the Suns' cautious approach and what it can tell us, take you behind the scenes in the first Suns practice after the All-Star break. Let's go. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to close out your week. Happy Friday. We've made it through another one. One day closer to Kevin Durant's debut. We're on all, all podcast platforms, so wherever you're finding us, hit follow or subscribe. Get this show in your feed every single Monday through Friday as we power through the the end of this season and uh, what should be an insane time here in the Valley. So lock in, come along for the ride with us, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button. If you're on YouTube, hit the bell, drop a comment about any of your thoughts related to Kevin Durant and this team, the Oklahoma game, the Milwaukee game, whatever's on your mind, enjoy the conversation in the comment section down below. Let's dive in. So I was at practice today, guys, uh, Thursday, and first one out of the break, I want to tell you what I saw, what I heard, and really what is driving this cautious approach by the Suns, not just as it relates to Durant's injury or the health of the team overall, but some of the other adjustments and things, just the way this team is talking about what is coming for them. Today's show, guys, is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our Locked On listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. More from them later on. Okay, so let's go to the health stuff first because it is most pressing. Kevin Durant officially out on Friday at home against the Thunder, the game that got bumped to ESPN. Uh, Brian Windhorst was was here this week. They had some camera guys. They had a whole setup. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some Suns interviews happening. They have the game on Friday on ESPN, and then they have the game on Sunday um, against the Bucks on ABC. But no Durant. When it comes to that, I talked about it a little bit yesterday with Aaron Edwards. Check that show out. We, we went through a lot of this um, latest news, but... This was the first chance to get to hear from people about it. And the the takeaway that I had is, um, so Landry Shamit is out. Campaign is questionable. I would expect Payne to play because he said before the All-Star break that this would be his first game back. I think they're just doing the questionable thing to not put pressure on him in case it flares up. But I think he'll play. I think they're playing things a little bit slow, but I will tell you that they did five-on-five practice. So if you listen to Sham Sharani or any of the people who are reporting about Durant's return Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, it was a lot of that Durant just hasn't been able to get out on the court, set aside the Suns. It's just that he's been off of his injury, off of his knee. His right leg is the one that's injured. And you obviously want to have a little bit of your legs under you. You want to have some reps. You want to have your your wind back, all that stuff by the time you go out and, and compete in a real NBA game. They did that today. We saw the referees um, coming out of the practice, so that's how legit it was. The scoreboards were lit up when we got let in. 
that is all not normal. You know, NBA teams, especially these days with uh, the the load, the, the rest and, you know, trying to avoid back-to-backs and just the culture of the league, practicing that intensely is, is not common. You know, I don't know if the Suns will get a practice like that again the rest of the season, but they got it today. They played five on five. They ran up a score and Monty did confirm that KD played all of that. So that's all good news in terms of things are progressing in the right direction. He just needs more time. What I will remind you, though, when you circle back to not only Shamit and Payne, who are still on their way to returning, but Chris Paul and Devin Booker as well. What I will remind you of is all four of those guards, all four of those players had setbacks to their injuries, right? Devin Booker, it's a groin. Sorry, it's a hamstring. Then he comes back plays five minutes on Christmas, and he has a groin strain. Very similar injury. I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to tell you that they were for sure related. I'm just reminding you of the history. Chris Paul, different injuries, but he has this foot thing. Maybe it's plantar fascia. Maybe it's something else. They call it a sore foot. That doesn't describe much of anything, and it's a much longer injury than soreness would typically indicate, but that's what he's out with. Then he comes back. Then he gets injured again in January and then has to miss more time. Came back mid to late January, has looked a lot better ever since. Campaign, same thing, right? He misses, it's a foot, he misses about a month and then plays against the Knicks, I believe. And then in the Cavs game on that road trip, gets hurt again and he's still out, about to make his debut here on Friday. Landry Shamit has... Uh, kind of abruptly out of nowhere, I think it was back tightness or something like that. He misses a game or two. Monty Williams tells us, yeah, Landry's begging me to come back. You know, we're just holding him out. We're trying to do things the right way, get him back healthy, and then he'll, he'll, he should be back in no time. Well, turn around, Landry Shamit gets a foot injury. He's now been out about a month. So for that to happen with four players in a season that already has had some uh, uh, even the first instances of these injuries was more prevalent than is normal. I think you can understand why they would want to play things a little bit patiently with the injuries, not to mention the stakes of the season. Now with Durant, the fact that Paul and Durant are in their mid to late thirties and all of these players are recovering from one thing or another. From a health standpoint, I think it makes perfect sense. I think when you think of it in that context, you can understand why they're doing it the way they are. But again, being at practice today and hearing, we got to hear from Monty, Book, and Aiton. Hearing from those guys, yes, there is a part of it that I'm sure is just trying to stay on script, trying to say the right things, and not be cocky, not be, you know, get into the boat that John Morant is now in where he goes on TV does an interview, says, I'm, I'm good in the West, and, and then you get clowned, right? That's a surefire way to be hated and mocked and, and memed and everything else. So they're trying to avoid that. That's smart. That's understandable. We probably all would do that. They have to prove that they're even going to be good before they get any sort of cocky. But structurally and schematically, I think there's another element to this, right? DeAndre Ayton telling us sort of, you know, he... He's he's getting his head around his role, and I think he's trying to embrace it, but it's slow. You know, he's saying, like, it's pretty cool to be the guy to set up 
those two great scorers in Booker and Durant and just sort of watch them go to work, the role that I'm able to play doing something there. It's almost like he's realizing like, okay, we know Aiton wanted to do more offensively. We know he might not always be satisfied with his role. We know he doesn't always get the ball in the spots or the moments that he wants to. But he's more involved in playing offense the way that they're going to than, I mean, Damian Lee is, right? Or Torrey Craig or whatever. And so I think he's trying to get get used to that, get, get ready for that and, and get hyped for it. Personality-wise, he sort of said, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know Kevin yet. You know, he was asked about, like, uh, is there anything that surprised you or anything that, that, that is interesting to you about getting to be around Kevin for this first couple of weeks? And he's, he basically said, like, I, I don't know. I mean, he's a, a very serious guy, a very no-nonsense guy, a very passionate player. But other than that, I'm just still feeling it out. Then you have Monty Williams sort of saying... I asked, you know, he was getting asked about the defense, getting asked about rotations, all this stuff, and he keeps using the phrase, we want the players to teach us what things will look like. You know, he's like, it would be easy to say, okay, you know, this player has this skill set, because I asked him about, does Durant's rim protection and size and length allow you to use Aiton as a perimeter defender, as a switch guy, as a more aggressive pick-and-roll blow-up guy, than you have in the past. And I was interested to hear that because I think it's going to happen. We'll actually talk about that in the next segment here. But Monty said, again, that same line. You know, it'd be easy to say, okay, we know DeAndre can do this. We know Kevin can do this. And then I give them the instructions to adapt and change and, and be different players. He's kept coming back to, we want the players to teach us. And so I think a scrimmage like we saw today more time around one another, film sessions. Hopefully they can probably get a practice in, I would imagine, if they fly out to uh, Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, they fly from Milwaukee to Charlotte on Sunday night. I would imagine they're going to have three days in Charlotte. I would think they'll practice Monday or Tuesday. That could be a pretty extensive practice with that downtime. And then Kevin will debut on Wednesday. Those moments will allow them to learn from one each one another, figure each other out as players, and then what I think Monty plans to do is sort of not put too many governors and rules around how they're playing until he sees it, until he hears from them, until they talk it through. And that's a smart approach. So yes, it's one on the health side, but it's also on the schematic side, this very patient and deliberate kind of thing. And then obviously, too, you don't want to rub it in everybody's face uh, until you prove something. Let's talk about the defense. Let's circle back on that topic because the reason I asked Monty about it is it's one of the things I'm most excited about. And I think we can learn a little bit from recent Suns history, the way they've gone out in the past two playoffs to illustrate why I'm so excited about it. I'll do just that in one second. First, today's show, as I said previously, brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is more than just therapy. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and when you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of yourself because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. I will tell you for a fact, I was in therapy during COVID. Um, 
not anything severe happened in my life, but that was such a life-changing and, and momentous situation for all of us. Everybody's routines got disrupted. I was trying to get married in the middle of that and go out on my own and get a job. I started my first full-time job. It was a messy, crazy time, and therapy really helped me. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch anytime you want. Pick a new therapist if that one's not working anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, so defense, right? The Suns this season defensively have held up better than expected. There was a, a moment there in December and January when you remember they were losing tons of games and everybody was hurt where the defense at one point was 30th in the league over a, a couple of weeks. Like it did get pretty hairy, but you look on the season, the Suns are middle of the pack exactly, 15th straight up in the NBA this season in net rating. They are ninth in defense though. So it's really been the offense that's held them back there, 20th in offense. Heading into the All-Star break, they actually were riding the sixth best defense in the NBA and just the 22nd best offense. So defense has been how they've how they've hung in during this very rocky about 500 season. That's not why I'm excited about Kevin Durant. Yes, he'll help. We've talked a lot about how it will change how they play, right? You not only because of Durant coming in, but because of Bridges leaving. They're probably going to rely less on the sort of traditional defense that they had run where Bridges is going to go in the pick and roll over a screen and Aiton is going to drop into the paint and then you can test and help from there. That's been the bread and butter for the Suns and I think that will look a little bit different. Unless Josh Okogie's on the floor, they're going to have to get creative because they don't have a lot of other players who can get over those screens the way Bridges could with his length and his ability to contest from behind and get through them, all that stuff. Which brings us to what is so exciting to me. It's not just that they're getting a defensively talented player. It's not just that they'll be able to make up for Bridges leaving because of that, but it's because of what it'll do for DeAndre Ayton. It's because of what it will do for the Suns overall, I think, ceiling defensively. Now, I did talk earlier in the week when I went through the West about how the worst matchups for me from a Sun standpoint are the ones that would require Booker and Durant to defend. And what I didn't hit on with regard to KD in that is to is that I, I should clarify to say defend on the ball. Durant as a help defender is going to be fundamental and and vital for this team. That's not that doesn't present a, a weak point. I think if you're having Kevin Durant have to guard for 40 minutes a game, Paul George or something, you run into some issues. But if he's protecting the rim against, let's say, John Morant driving, I think you feel actually good. That feels like the Grizzlies are playing into your strength. So I, I, I want to clear that up if you heard that because it, it leads us all to, again, what it will do for DeAndre Ayton. If you remember, and, I'm, and I know that you do, right? Um... Giannis Antetokounmpo shot 62% from the field in the NBA Finals two years ago. He averaged 35 points a game in 40 minutes per game. Got to the free throw line 85 times in six games, which is about 12 and a half times per game. 
So he got to the paint, finished at an elite level, historic level, and if he wasn't finishing, odds are he was getting to the free throw line. Luka Doncic, last season, last postseason, 33 points per game, 48% from the field, 58 free throw attempts in seven games, which is eight, just over eight per game. Very similar. He was going to drive. In his case, there was a lot more kicking off of that to Spencer Dinwiddie, to Dorian Finney-Smith, to Reggie Bullock, to Maxi Kleba, to Davis Bertans, remember that. But there was also a lot of finishing and a lot of getting the free throw line. I'm of the opinion, I know there's a lot of Suns fans out there, a lot of you listening, who look at what happened in those finals and you, you think of the Dario injury, you think of Monty deeply regretting not giving Frank Kaminsky more time, right? And I think there's a lot of people that feel like if the Suns had just a little more big man depth, they would have won that series. I don't think that's fully wrong because they did just fall off a cliff when they didn't have somebody in there. And the Bucks just, it wasn't even just about a backup center purely. To me, it was just like, could you do anything to have? Like, I, I could have seen Dario being a four in that series being more important than being a backup five, you know? So I get all that. The Suns obviously thought so because they go out and get JaVale McGee, right, in the next offseason. And then he really fills up that backup center spot up until the Dallas series. But I'm of the opinion that Giannis being as great as he was, Luka being as great as he was, and the Suns having so few options against them in terms of style options, not bodies like like we were just talking about, but different adjustments and, and ways of playing those guys that maybe the Dallas series being a, a slightly different thing because the Suns shot themselves in the foot so badly, but especially those finals, you just I don't see a version of that series with Giannis at that level that the Suns win. That's my opinion. But what this Durant addition does is it gives you those options, and aside from what he does offensively, which is a huge deal, he allows you to make more adjustments, to be more creative, to do more types of things to stop players like that. Okay, yes, on the one hand, you know, he can go guard Brooke Lopez and it's not a mismatch. He can go guard Bobby Portis and it's maybe not a mismatch. So that helps. But imagine those drives where Giannis just got the ball in isolation against DeAndre Ayton, maybe at the elbow, maybe at the top of the key, whatever. Spin move or, you know, puts his shoulder down. I know a lot of you hate that he got those calls, but that's how Giannis is officiated. And Aiton had no choice but to either guard him lightly because he didn't want to foul him or to foul him, to, to go up hard against him and risk getting the foul. I talked about averages with what Giannis did. DeAndre Ayton had, let's see how many fouls did he have. 23 in six games. So that's about four fouls per game. You know, and there was one game in there where he, in game three, he didn't even play much. So imagine those with Durant on the weak side, right? Imagine a Giannis ISO drive or, you know, uh, the Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo pick and roll game that, that they used a lot. And, and Giannis gets the ball off of that. But in this case, you now have a seven foot elite 
rim protector, which is what he's been this year, what he's been at various points throughout his career. Basically, the last half decade, Kevin Durant has been an elite rim protector since the last portion of his time in Golden State through Brooklyn and now up to today. That guy, standing in the way of the basket. Things change, right? So the last point on this is where the Suns were prior to getting Durant. Even with Bridges, even with what I told you about their overall defense being top 10 still, they were allowing the... So they were about middle of the pack in terms of the frequency that teams were getting to the basket and attempting shots against them, and they were outside the top 10 in terms of defense at the rim. How often were the opponents actually making those shots? That's actually a statistic they were not great at in the 2021 regular season as well. Teams just, if you remember that season, teams really just didn't make threes against the Suns for whatever reason in the regular season. And, defense, and that helped their defensive numbers look really good. But in the past two playoffs, as well as the uh, past two, well, the last regular season, the Suns have been a lead in that up until now. And so that caps off the need here, right? Even with Ayton and Bridges and everything going mostly according to plan for the Suns' defense this season, that area was falling off for them. Now you add somebody who should just shore that up, but you also add the ability to get a little bit more creative. Aiton can switch. How many of you were pulling your hair out when Luka was getting whatever matchup he wanted because the Suns weren't really willing to double or blitz or any of that? It's not just about Giannis and Durant helping there. It's can you switch Aiton on to Giannis when that's not his normal matchup. Can you switch Aiton on to Luka? Although they did that a bit, can you do that even more? Can you uh, blitz Luka Doncic when he's coming off of a pick and roll so that he doesn't even get to settle in in that mid-post area that he loves so much where he can get crafty and get to the free throw line and make those floaters and fadeaways and everything else? Aiton is a Swiss Army knife that has not been used like one, and this moment will allow him to finally uh, do that. Let's close out with a little bit of a look ahead the next two games. The Oklahoma City Thunder, the Milwaukee Bucks. No Giannis, but two tough games coming up, and the Suns need every single one of them. We'll talk about that matchup in a moment. First, today's show brought to you by Nissan. The Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Here's the deal. This one's easy for me. Cameron Payne. He is the guy coming back. He has... Been a very, very good player. I think people just lost track of that. But this season, he was averaging 12 points and five assists per game on 41% shooting overall, but he was 38% from three and only two turnovers per game. You look at the advanced stats, and he is at a basically neutral box plus minus offensively. And a big help when he was on the floor for this team. Getting him back will be huge. He's fierce. He's powerful. He's quick. He's electric, of course, when he is out there and he does wonders for this team. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin to your pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria is the EV for people who love to drive. So shop now at NissanUSA.com. 
Couple quick thoughts on the two upcoming games this weekend because I do think they're both pretty big. Oklahoma City is not likely to catch the Suns in the standings, but they are also not a slouch. They are a team who will punish you. They are a team who can beat you. As we saw LeBron James on his big night breaking Kareem's record, the accompaniment to that moment was an L at the hands of uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the Thunder. They're 15th in offense, 11th in defense, but one of the interesting things here is they have gotten pretty unlucky. So they're pretty good against the spread in Vegas, and they have lost uh, more games than you would expect. Um, they are they have almost three fewer wins than they're supposed to. So if you flip that, they would be 31 and 26, which would actually be a better record than the Suns. So this is a real team, guys. And I think one an, a, a immediate thing comes to mind. One immediate thing comes to mind about this matchup. Shea Gildress Alexander is a bona fide amazing all-star level player like that that has been cemented during the tanking seasons but especially now that they are winning again and he's still doing it if not he's been even better that will be a test for Josh Okogie a big one Shea is a little bit of an unorthodox player he doesn't he doesn't play like John Morant for instance right they're both these cool new point guards but Shea is more shifty he's more change of direction change of speed he, he's totally comfortable in the mid-range. He'll have these 40-point games where he doesn't even take a three or he takes very few threes. He's going to get to the line. He's going to make you foul him. He just It's all craft and, and finesse. Honestly, similar to Luka, although not as physical, right? Not as big. And so Okogi will have an interesting time. It won't be quite the same sheer force and explosiveness of a jaw or somebody like that, but it's going to be a test about how the Suns can handle their point of attack defense and what the game plan is for the Suns with that. Now, again, we saw it with De'Aaron Fox. The Suns went pretty traditional against him in that second-to-last game before the break. But... The tests are going to continue to come. Until Durant is here and we see some adjustments, they're going to have to make do playing the way they used to without the players they used to have. The Thunder get to the rim, second most in the NBA, and they don't take many threes or mid-range shots. So really this is protect the rim. Aiton will be tested as well, and that'll be how they do things. Defensively, they allow a shot, a lot of shots at the rim. They don't have a traditional center. So what I'm looking for on that side is the, the just traditional pick and roll. We know that Lou Dort is a guy that can give Booker problems, has given Booker problems in the past. This Thunder team has a bunch of switchable guys, so it's not just Dort. You could have Jalen Williams. I could see being a pretty decent option against Booker. I could see any number of their players taking turns against him. They switch a ton. Everybody will get a chance. Giddy, even. And they allow uh, a decent amount of threes, too. So that drive-and-kick, pick-and-roll offense is going to be the key for the Suns. Can he have another? Can Aiton have another game like he did against Omantis Sabonis? If he does that and Okogi and other guys do a solid job against Shea, make him work for his shots, keep the defense, uh, keep the offense of Oklahoma City in check, I think the, 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 the Suns will win. Sunday against Milwaukee is going to be very health-based. I guess Kevin Durant hasn't officially been ruled out for that game. I'm not expecting him to play. Giannis is unlikely to play because of the wrist thing that kept him out of most of the All-Star game outside of that first possession. And 
Chris Middleton is still slowly working his way back. He's been coming off the bench. He's been playing really no more than 25 minutes. Maybe that minutes limit up increases in time for this game. Maybe he's more in the 30 range. Maybe he finally starts. We'll see. A Milwaukee team, I think Portis will still be out. So without Giannis or Portis, even with a better version of Middleton, the Suns should still be able to win that game. You would imagine they'll they'll get up for it. It's an ABC game, the first really big one post-NFL season of the um, of the regular season for the NBA, and all those guys uh, will probably get up for it. They'll be the healthier team coming in, even without Durant, and uh, I would expect the Suns to have a really decent chance to win that game as well if all the health stuff lands in their favor. But these are both, I mean, every game the rest of the way is must win. Like, there will be a lot of attention paid toward integrating Kevin Durant and all that stuff, but I've said it a hundred times already, I feel like, and I will continue to. You do not want to put yourself in a situation where you're playing difficult playoff games in the first round, especially late series games, game five, game seven on the road. So you want home court advantage. You want to have a, a decent matchup in the first round that you feel comfortable about, whether that's the Kings or maybe the seven seed. I don't think you're going to catch Denver, but I think you could get to two. You could get definitely to three and you want to feel in control of your destiny so that if you are still working out some kinks by the first round, it's not so damaging. Got to win these games. Even the ones like Milwaukee that are maybe a little tougher in that midday slot against a team that's given you problems, even at less than full health. That'll wrap us up, though. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Happy Friday. Thanks for listening. Hit follow or subscribe wherever you're finding the show. We'll be back Monday. We may even go live on Sunday after the game, depending on if I can get my technological setup at a, a place I'm staying over the weekend. We'll have to see. Either way, look out for Brandon and I on Monday. I'm looking forward to a guest on Wednesday of next week that I'm hoping to tell you guys about soon. And then Kevin Durant is debuting, so you'll want to lock in, hit follow or subscribe wherever you're finding us, all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Go make Locked on NBA your second listen today. Guys, get caught up on everything going on around the rest of the league, and I'll talk to you all next week.